السلام عليكم ورحمة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وبه نستعين ونصلي ونسلم على خاتم النبيين إمامنا وقدوتنا محمد بن عبد الله وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا إلى يوم الدين أما بعد All praises belongs to Allah سبحانه وتعالى We praise him, we seek his assistance and we seek his forgiveness and we seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the evil of our souls and the adverse consequences of our deeds whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees guidance upon then none can misguide him and whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees misguidance upon then none can guide him and peace and salutations be upon the final messenger Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship besides one Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his messenger. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, I greet you with the greetings of peace on a day of peace, in a month of peace and in a week of peace. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Indeed, all praises belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the countless blessings that Allah has showered the ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with. From these blessings is this month of Ramadan, a month about which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Sayyidu shuhur shahar Ramadan, that the best of all months is the month of Ramadan. And from these blessings is this day, Al-Jumu'ah, the day of Jumu'ah about which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said in a famous narration narrated by Abu Hurairah radiyallahu an and found in Sahih Muslim in a book of hadith called Sahih Muslim and other books of hadith أَفْضَلُ يَوْمٍ طَلَعَتْ عَلَيْهِ الشَّمْسِ يَوْمَ الْجُمُعَةِ فِيهِ خُلِقَ آدَمْ وَفِيهِ أُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةِ وَفِيهِ أُخْرِجَ مِنْهَا وَلَا تَقُومُ that the best day upon which the sun rises is the day of Jumu'ah. On this day, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salam. And on this day, he entered him into Jannah. And on this day, he removed him from Jannah. And the coming of the hour will not happen except on a Friday, on this day of Jumu'ah. May Allah make us from the people of Jannah when the coming of the hour arrives. Ameen. My dear brothers and sisters in Islam, as we witness the final moments of this blessed day and this blessed month, one thing that surely comes to mind, especially since we spend time counting the months to Ramadan, we had the six-month countdown, and then the three-month countdown, and then the one-month countdown, and then we broke down that month into periods of ten, and we waited for the month, second after second, minute after minute, day after day, week after week, and then Ramadan dawned upon us. It dawned upon us. And now we sit just before this guest that arrived so amazingly, just before it is set, this guest is set to depart. We sit and analyze our, our time during this month. We analyze our moments. Because indeed we had high aspirations insha'Allah with regards to this month. 
and we sit back and analyze and think, how did we fare? At what rate was our efficiency? Did we achieve our goals? Did we meet our targets? Will we receive another Ramadan? Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. And it is at these moments that we must share some parting advice. Advice that we consider parting given that Ramadan is about to depart. I will share these few points in a few points, starting with point number one. And point number one, my dear brothers and sisters, is all about auditing and accountability. That in this month, we had some excellent days. We achieved our targets. The Quran we wanted to recite, we recited. The salawat we wanted to revive, we revived. The targets we set to, uh, for ourselves were achieved. And then we had days that didn't go so well. We didn't meet those targets. Our concentration was not where it was supposed to be. Our pondering and deliberation over our acts of worship wasn't where it was supposed to be. We might have remembered Allah during some days with a present heart, during other, other days with a moving tongue. This is a time for us to contemplate, for us to audit the month, and for us to put in front of us the formulas of success that we found in this month. During the good days, we must understand what made those days good. And during the days that were not so good, we must understand what prevented those days from being good. Because yes, with high aspirations and our love for the month, we set ourselves excellent goals. But I don't want this period, this closing period, to become a depressing period. Because whilst we should understand and view Ramadan as a month of excellence, in my humble view, we should also review and understand Ramadan to be a training period towards achieving excellence. And when we see it as a training period towards achieving excellence, and not just as a month of excellence, then we assist ourselves, especially in this period where we need to take account of our month. Because it's a training period, we can understand, okay, moving forward, this is what we need to do. Moving forward, this is how we better achieve our targets. Moving forward, this is how we better apply ourselves. Because before Ramadan, in our discussions, we said that Ramadan is that month that teaches us about ourselves. It tells us who we are, and it tells us who we're not. This is the reality of the month. There's no excuses. When the month starts, the doors of Jahannam are shut tight. The doors of Jannah are opened wide and the shayateen are chained. So there's no room for a person to be a victim of sadness, to be a victim of depression, to be a victim of the ills of their past. Why? Because there's no chance for you to fall into Jahannam. The doors are tightly shut. If you are going to fall anywhere, it has to be paradise because the only gates open and not just open, but widely open is Jannah. There's every opportunity for you to become revived, for you to renew your spirits and for for you to chase and seek taqwa and seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a way like never before. You don't have to carry the baggage of the past. Allah has made that easy for us. So it is a month of understanding who we are and who we're not. In this month, we see our ability to stay away from that which is normally halal. And with that, we renew our desire and our, we understand our abilities to actually now stay away from that which is haram. This is what Ramadan has taught us as well. Because it's much harder to stay away from that which is halal. Because halal leads to Jannah and rewards and the happiness of Allah. 
Right? It's much harder to stay away from that which has no obstacles. But that which has obstacles like haram, where you know you have the questions of the grave, you have your standing in front of Allah, then you have Jahannam which has been vividly described in the Quran and the Sunnah. If I do this act, these are the obstacles in front of me. It's much more difficult for you to fall into haram with the obstacles. Ramadan, you find yourself staying away from that which is harder for you to leave, which is halal. Or at least it should be like that. And if you can for 30 days stay away from that which is halal, then indeed you can stay for the remainder of the year from that which is haram. Right? So we learn a lot about ourselves. Now, whilst we discussing this whole concept of learning about ourselves, a common question that comes across is, how do we bring about good habits in our lives? How do we stay away from that which we should be staying away from? How do we rid our lives of that which Allah has told us to stay away from? And this is a good question. And I've pondered over this question. And to simplify it, I personally think, and let me be just and say, Yes, it's, it's a personal decision, but this matter has been discussed by those of development long before. I think that for good habits to come about in our lives, and for us to rid ourselves of that which is bad, three elements have to exist. And part three has two parts to it, so we can say four. Number one, we need to have knowledge. Number two, we need to have ability. And number three, we need to have desire. These three elements have to exist before you bring anything great into your life or rid your life from anything which is evil. You need to have knowledge of that which is good and which is bad. You need to have ability and the skill set to bring it about in your life or rid your life of it. But number three is desire. And this is where most of us lack. There's the issue of desire. Do we really want to bring this in our life? Or do we really want to rid our life of this? Now, I said part three is into two parts. And the reason why I want to break it into two parts is because desire normally shorts fall with regards to time. You know, when you go through the books of management and leadership or good governance, right? And I've been privileged enough to speak to many corporate organizations, NGOs, non-profit organizations in terms of structure and development and leadership and growth of, 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 of team morale. One of the things that is discussed time and time again is the 40-day rule. The 40-day rule. That for you to implement great change in your organization, as a leader, you will have to fight opposition from your team members, from your staff, for at least 40 days. It will take 40 days for the process to synthesize. It will take 40 days for the, for, for the team to rid themselves of the baggage that has come with the change you're trying to implement. This is what they say. And once I read this in a book or two or three or four, I tried to ponder over this and say, do we have a sharia precedence for this? And going through the sunnah of Rasulullah wasallam, I came across the famous hadith of Ibn Mas'ud radiallahu in which he speaks about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam teaching us about the formation of us in the wombs of our mothers. And he says sallallahu alayhi wasallam that Allah gathers us in the womb of our mothers as a liquid for 40 days. And then as a hanging clot for 40 days. And then as something that resembles a chewed piece of flesh for 40 days. So what's highlighted in this hadith is 40, 40, 40. And this seems to be an incubation period. That establishment takes place as a clot when you exist as it for, uh, or as it for 40 days. And then the establishment takes place as a chewed piece of flesh or before that a hanging, pe- a hanging clot 
when you remain like that for 40 days, and so on and so forth. Wallahu a'lam. Right? This is inferencing, obviously. But this Ramadan, as we always do in Ramadan, revise especially the ayat of fasting. Right? Something dawned upon me, and that was in Surah Al-Baqarah, in the ayat of fasting, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, أَيَّامًا مَعْدُودَاتٍ Allah commands us to fast for the purpose of seeking taqwa. Not telling us that taqwa is the net result of fasting. No. Because if that was the case, we'd all be people of taqwa. Right? And if you heard my speech before Ramadan, it was titled, Fasting is easy, taqwa is difficult. And perhaps revise it, it's online. Right? But Allah tells us to seek taqwa in Ramadan. To seek it. After this command, Allah says, أَيَّامًا مَعْدُودَاتٍ It's a fixed number of days. This is what Allah says. At the end of the ayat of fasting, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلِتُكْمِلُ الْعِدَّةِ Allah visits this concept of the fixed number of days again. That you must complete the iddah. You must complete the period. The 29 days or the 30 days. And subhanallah, I thought about this and said, you know what, I need to revise this. That yes, while certain matters may have wisdom in terms of the 40 day rule, we understand from this ayah, in terms of you bringing halal and that which is beloved to Allah in your life, and you ridding yourself of that which Allah dislikes, 29 or 30 days is enough. 29 or 30 days is enough. Because Allah could have told us to fast for 40 days. Allah could have told us to fast for two months. But Allah cited Ramadan to be the period of one month so that you may attain taqwa. Which means a person who applies themselves properly in the month of Ramadan for 29 or 30 days, this is enough to put yourself on a podium and gain for yourself the necessary momentum to seek Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in obedience for the rest of the year. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. So time is important. And this we should take into consideration when we're trying to develop desire. Then my dear brothers and sisters, you must understand that by default, before that Salatul Duha becomes part and parcel of your life, before you can become automatic, if I can say, in memorizing the Quran and reviving it and revising it, before you can become normal and natural in terms of removing haram from your lives, you will have to pursue that which you want to change for at least 29 or 30 days. Yes, the first week is going to be hard, don't give up, that's normal, this is what we learn. The second week is going to be hard, don't give up, that's normal. The third week is going to be hard, don't give up, that's normal. And the fourth week is going to be hard, or maybe easier, don't give up, that's normal. This is the message each and every one of us must take from Ramadan. As I said, it's a training period to achieve excellence. Don't be bottled in that I didn't apply myself as I should have. There were many ills, rather take from these strengths and use what you have gathered in terms of the strengths to pursue Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during the course of the year with this perspective, the perspective that change requires time. And Allah is all wise that He put us in a system for 29 or 30 days. My dear brothers and sisters, the last parting advice is istiqamah. And istiqamah refers to this process and concept of remaining steadfast. And this is what a believer is all about. A believer is not one who worships Allah in Ramadan, or on a particular night, or in a particular week, or on a particular day, or during a particular set of days. A believer is one who worships Allah throughout their waking day, and throughout their sleeping night, until yaqeen reaches them, that yaqeen is the certainty, and that certainty is the death. 
This is what Allah commands His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to worship Allah until death arrives. This is the way of a believer. And when we understand this, relevance comes to istiqamah and being steadfast. My dear brothers and sisters, you and I are motivated by reward. This is a universal law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He created us and He knows us better than we know ourselves. And that is why in the Quran time and time again, and in the Sunnah time and time again, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions ajr, 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 the reward of which will be, the reward for the one who, do, who does this will be this. Allah mentions it as reward mentions it as reward. Even though the act is not worthy and the reward is far greater than the act actually done because we are weak and Allah is perfect, right? And Allah is kareem and amazing and generous in His rewarding. Allah refers to it as a reward because this motivates us. And before we close, we must understand the rewards of istiqamah to motivate us to worship Allah as we did in Ramadan throughout the course of the year. With regards to istiqamah, my dear brothers and sisters, Allah says in His book, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا فَلَا خَوْفٌ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا هُمْ يَحْزَنُونَ أُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ الْجَنَّةِ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا جَزَاءً بِمَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ Allah says, indeed those who say our Lord is Allah, and then they become upright by looking after the do's and staying away from the don'ts throughout the course of the year, for them, لا خوف عليهم. There's nothing for them to fear in terms of where they're going. And they shouldn't be afraid in terms of the deeds that they used to do. Why? Because their end is Jannah. And in terms of their deeds, Allah has accepted it. Allah says, أُولَٰئِكَ أَصْحَابُ الْجَنَّةِ These are the people of paradise. خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا In it, they will reside forever. Why? Jaza'am, a reward. For who? Or because of what, O oh Allah? Jaza'am bima kanu ya'malun. A reward because of that which they used to do. That's the reward. They used to fight shaitan and fight their desires and be patient seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Be patient seeking Allah so that they remained worshippers of Allah throughout the course of the year. This is the reward for that which they used to do. We are motivated by reward. By Allah, I ask you, what greater reward can you have than Jannah? In another ayah, ayat rather, that we love to hear, we love to recite, we love for the Imam to recite. Allah says, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ Indeed, for those who say, our Lord is Allah, ثُمَّ استَقَامُوا And then they become upright. تَتَنَزَّلُ عَلَيْهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةِ At the time of death, during the most scariest moment in their life, when they are transitioning to the hereafter, when they start seeing matters of the unseen, you know, we know how it is when we get our results in the dunya. Your O-levels, your A-levels, very nerve-wracking. Your future depends on it, right? Now your results are coming forth to you when the angel of death is sliding your soul from your body. The soul starts to see things that it couldn't see when it was housed by the body because the body blocks the potential of the soul. It keeps it specific to the physical which is the realm of this world. And now it's entering a metaphysical state. At this scary moment, Allah rewards the people of istiqamah. How? With angels that descend from heaven. Angels that descend from heaven. Imagine the relief on the dying person when he sees angels from Jannah. And then Allah commands these angels to tell this dying person, Allah تَخَافُ Don't worry where you're going. وَلَا تَحْزَنُ And don't worry about your exam sheet. It's all good. You've passed. Imagine you're about to get your result. You're nervous. There's people in front of you. And someone walks out of the office and says, MashaAllah brother, don't worry, you're okay. 
you're okay. I've seen your slip, it's all good. What happens? You achieve a sense of elation and calm. At this scary moment, these angels come with these glad tidings. Don't worry, don't be afraid. You are okay. Your result slip is in order. bil jannah, And we give you glad tidings of Jannah. Which Jannah? Somebody might say, did I get an A plus? Did I get an A star? Did I get a B? How well did I pass? Glad tidings of a paradise, the paradise that was promised to the people of Istiqamah. You got the most deserving results. La ilaha illallah. Now what happens when we go on a journey by ourselves? We're normally nervous. It's scary, you get butterflies in your stomach, right? You're always more comfortable traveling in a group, right? Now you are traveling to the hereafter. It's nerve-wracking. The angels give us some more prizes. We are your friends. We were your helpers and friends whilst you lived in the dunya. And we are traveling with you to the akhirah. We are your companions. We were together here and we'll be together there. You're not alone. I mean, who wouldn't want to die after this? Who's going to ask Allah to send them back to the dunya? After you receive these gifts from Allah. Right? And then these angels say, وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَشْتَهِي أَنفُسُكُمْ And in this Jannah, you don't have to ask. In this dunya, you used to ask for things, you never used to get it. In this Jannah, you don't have to ask. All you have to do is desire, and Allah will give you. وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَدَّعُونَ And when you can no longer desire, then don't worry, just ask, and Allah will give you again. These are the gifts and rewards for the people of Istiqamah. And you know what's best still, my dear brothers and sisters? Allah says, Nuzulam min ghafoorir rahim. You know, a nuzul in the Arabic language refers to the welcoming. The welcoming. When a guest visits us, we don't take them straight and put them on the dinner table. They come from a journey, you give them some tea, some dates, some coffee, depending on your culture, right? You welcome them, you allow them to freshen up. The main meal is still to come. Allah says, Nuzul. This is a welcoming. All these gifts for the people of Istiqamah is nothing but a welcoming. The main meal is yet to come. Now in case you're thinking, and we have to end, that you know what? I can't die this death. This death is probably for the Anbiya alayhimu salatu wassalam. This death is for somebody else. I'm much older. I've sinned so much. In case you're thinking like this, then my dear brothers and sisters understand that this death described is a death that you and I can die. Because Allah didn't say, Nuzul min Allah. Allah didn't say, Nuzul min Rabb. Allah didn't say, Nuzul. Allah didn't say this is a welcoming from your Lord. He, this is a welcoming from Allah. This is a welcoming from the all seeing, the all hearing. Allah said this is a welcoming from the most forgiving, the most merciful. If you ponder over this, Allah is telling us that these people who died this death, they were people like yourself and myself, but they were people that never lost hope in the mercy of Allah. They sought Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with the waking of every day and the sleeping of every night. And when they slipped, they turned back to Allah and sincerely asked for forgiveness and asked Allah for assistance. And they woke up the next day and they pursued seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again. This is the message, my dear brothers and sisters. I love you all for the sake of Allah. May Allah accept our month, bless our month, accept our deeds, bless our Eid. May Allah bless you all and bless these words. Ameen. Ya Rabbil Alameen wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Bismillah. Allahu Akbar.